Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi guys, I'll bring you into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're thankful that you guys have found the podcast. You can find it on YouTube, uh, but you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys have found us here today. All right, so this is a this is a different title, right, than what I posted on social media. Um, so this one, I feel like it's it's a little bit more relatable uh, in a sense. So that's why I decided to switch it at the last minute. Uh, but this podcast, man, this just, I don't know about you, but kind of after you listen to it, um, you'll kind of understand like, man, you know, this is something that I really needed. And I know this, this was something huge for me uh, that, you know, that I felt like I really needed. And so what we're kind of entitled this podcast today is stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. Well, you know, what is, what does that, what does that mean? Sometimes when you hear stuff like that, sometimes you can feel like, well, the other person, you know, if someone said that to you right now, you know, you might feel like, well, I guess, you know, this person doesn't care about my feelings. I guess this person doesn't care about how I feel. You know, they're just telling me to, you know, to get up, you know, and, and stop feeling sorry for yourself, which on the surface, I understand that feeling. But at the same time, we're going to really dig into this. And specifically, the, the kind of the main topic under this is really self-pity. OK, it's, it's really self-pity. And sometimes we can find ourselves in a state where we constantly see ourselves as the victim of uh, of something. So we always see ourselves as the victim. And so whenever in life, when you see yourself as the victim, then the self-pity card always ends up rearing its ugly head. Right. And it, it's it's so easy. It's beyond easy to fall into this victim mentality, to fall into this self-pity mentality that everybody in the world um, should feel sorry for you. You know, it's so easy to fall into that. And so we're going to look at an example. And when I saw this today, guys, I'm telling you, it blew my mind. It, I mean, it just totally just, you know, it was kind of one of those things. I was like, man, that's in the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, that's, that's crazy. But what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at an example of Elijah. And there's so many little details that I missed as I, as we studied through this, but as we look at this, we're going to notice, you know, a couple things that self-pity does. And so we're going to look at a couple aspects. So we're going to look at kind of how self-pity and, and almost kind of playing this victim, how it hurts us physically, it hurts us emotionally, and it also hurts us spiritually. But then we're going to kind of go into some things that can help cure uh, self-pity. Okay, so. We're really going to look into that. All right. So before we move forward real quick, if you're watching the video portion, um, I was reading this and I got some of this from this book and I want to give it credit here. Um, I'm going to hold it up here on the camera. But if you're listening through audio, the book is called Lonely People, Biblical Lessons on Understanding and Overcoming Loneliness by Warren W. Waresby. That's W-I-E 
R-S-B-E. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but I believe that you can purchase this book on ChristianLiving.com uh, or um, or another Christian website where you can find books. Um, but and it's a small book. If you know me personally, I can let you borrow it. Um, but it's it's been such an amazing read. And, and, and it goes into different, um, you know, accounts uh, and scriptures speaking about the different aspects and kind of everything under the umbrella of loneliness. And so as we look at this, we're going to look at Elijah. Now, quickly, before we move forward again, here's here's a couple of prereqs. Here's two things that I'm not saying when we talk about this. Remember, our topic is, well, you know, stop feeling uh, sorry for yourself and get up. So one, we're not saying that you should, from this point on, no matter what happened, you should have this victim mentality. We're not saying that at all. Okay, so I want to make that clear uh, before we before we move forward, because I don't want the podcast title. I don't want that to sound uh, necessarily aggressive. And I don't want that to sound uh, like, you know, victim, you know, victim mentality. So I want to be very slow in how I how I pronounce that. Then number two, I think it's very important to understand as well that with this topic of stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. This also does not mean that from this point forward, no matter what happens in your life, that you should always have this. Well, I don't need anybody. I don't need to develop any relationships with anybody. I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm going to since nobody's saving me, I'm only going to be the one saving myself. Nobody else is going to help me from this point on. And I'm never going to let anybody else help me from this point on. I'm not ever going to get close to anybody from this point on. I'm not saying that even though it's very easy to fall into that with this victim mentality. This is the, this is the thrust of what I'm saying here. The thrust is there are some things in life that only you can do for yourself, but we take on this victim mentality because we expect other people that come into our lives. We expect them to fill a void that only we should be able to fill for ourselves. So no wonder we walk around acting like the victim when so when a slew of people walk into our lives like a turnstile, right? And it's always somebody, it's always something else, and we never feel satisfied. Well, you never will because maybe there's certain aspects of things that you need to fulfill for yourself and I need to fulfill for myself, right? So we're going to get into that in a second, but I just want to give that prereq before we moved on. All right, so, hey, man, look, stop, stop feeling down for yourself. Stop feeling down and just and get up. So stop feeling sorry. Just get up. So let's look at this. Let's look at the causes of self-pity. So let's notice Elijah here. So open up your Bibles to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Man, I'm it might sound like I'm talking kind of fast because I'm I'm so excited about this one, man. When when you study the Bible, it's just, you know, I was I was looking at this, I was like, man, I gotta tell somebody. And, you know, I was like, man, let me just go in the office and <laughs> let me just record. All right. So first Kings 19. So here's here's the background here. So Elijah is is escaping Jezebel and Ahab and they they want to kill Elijah and Elijah is a prophet of God. So Elijah feels alone because Ahab and Jezebel, they're the king and the queen. So basically their type of evil attitude, you know, if that's in authority, you know, not a lot of people like Elijah are going to stick around. And so he finds himself escaping from Ahab and from Jezebel's clutches. So now this is where Elijah is. So notice verse number four of 1 Kings 19. So now he escapes them. Now verse four, he says, 
So he went himself a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and he sat down under the juniper tree. So quickly, remember, we're talking about self-pity now. The first thing that self-pity hits is your physical body. So imagine you're running away from Jezebel and Ahab for doing what God said. And so now you're in the wilderness by yourself. There's nobody else around. And so notice what he's doing physically. The Bible says he came and he sat down under the juniper tree. And so after he came and he sat down, notice what the Bible says. He requested for himself that he might die. So remember, think about what we're talking about. We're talking about this victim mentality. We're talking about this self-inflicted stuff that we do on ourselves. The first, um, I guess what you can say, I guess the first symptom of self-pity setting in in your life is you don't want to do anything physically. So notice they're still chasing after him, but he had he had come to a point where he had given up that he said, you know what, I'm going to stop running. I'm going to sit here and I just want to die. You know, sometimes have you ever found yourself when when, uh, you know, a series of events happen in your life? And instead of, you know, working towards getting better, instead of working towards goals, instead of working towards, you know, becoming a better person, instead of working towards certain things, you know, we'll just look at everything that has happened in, in its totality and we'll do the same thing as Elijah. We'll just sit down and just not do anything. You know, you ever find yourself, you know, after a long, hard day, you'll come home and you don't necessarily plan on doing this, but it just happens. You know, you'll sit down, man, let me just. I had a hard day. I just don't want to do anything. I'm just going to sit here just for a couple minutes and, and relax. And that, that 10 minutes turns into three hours. And next thing you know, it's 1230. It's, it's midnight. And now you got to go to bed. You know, sometimes we can catch ourselves. And that's what we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, it's over and over and over again. And we can find ourselves in this self-pity mode where just like Elijah, man, I just don't want to do anything. Like I'm done. I just want to sit down and not do anything. And so Elijah felt that way. So what self-pity does for us, right? The symptom of it, the symptom of being a victim is it'll affect your body physically. So there's nothing you want to do. And you always kind of find yourself, you're, it's, you're insanely busy throughout the day, but then at night you just slow down and do absolutely nothing because you, you're, you're completely drained. You're exhausted. So this is what Elijah felt like. So then number two, as we look at this, here's another cause of what happens here. Not only does self-pity in this victim mindset, not only does it hit us physically, but then it hits us emotionally. Now let's keep reading verse four. So when he went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came and sat down and he requested for himself that I might die. Look, I'm done. You ever say that before too? A series of events happens. You know what? I'm just, I'm just done. If you haven't said that, just keep living, <laughs> keep living. You're going to say that at some point, like, man, I'm just, I'm done trying. I'm done. Whatever. You'll just say I'm done. Right. So then notice what he says here. After he said that I might die, he said, and this is enough. So now think about Elijah is a prophet of God. He, he did what God said, and now he's chased out. And so now he feels like, you know what, number one, I'm just tired. I'm done. Then number two, and he said, all this, it's enough. It's, it's enough to make me quit. 
You know, sometimes we can feel that way in our Christian walk, right? Sometimes we can feel like, Lord, man, I, I just feel like all this that has happened up to this point, it's enough. Like it's an, it's enough. You know, I don't have any more energy, you know, to keep hoping. I don't have any more energy to keep believing. I don't have any more energy to keep doing what I'm trying to do for you, for other people. I don't, I don't have it. I just don't have it. Sometimes we'll go through days in, in our lives where, you know, you'll have your good days. And some days you, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, but there's some days where you just don't have it. You know, it's just, it's not there. And so he says, look, it's enough. Then notice what else he says. He got such a low point. Remember, we're talking about this victim mindset. So watch how low he got. Then he said, this is enough. Oh Lord, take away my life. I am not better than my father's. So he had gotten to such a low point that he said, you know what? I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. And notice he said, I just want you to take my life. You know, this is why it's very important as we talk about this victim mindset and we talk about this self-pity mindset. This is why even to do the Lord's work, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your physical. You have to take care of your mental. You got to take care of your emotional. You got to take care of your spiritual. But again, this is the trap that we get ourselves into. So if today, if you're in a state and if I'm in a state where you're hurting physically, you're hurting emotionally, you're hurting spiritually, sometimes what we'll do instead of doing the work for ourselves to get my own mind right, to get my own body right, to get my own spirituality right, what I'll do is I'll try to place certain things on other people. So, hey, I got a best friend here. So, you know what? I'm really hurting emotionally right now. So, I'm just going to need you to give me a bunch of time. Well, wait a second. What if they're hurting? So, essentially, what we do to other people and even the people that's very close to us, what we do is we take our problems and dump it on on their front porch. Well, you're, you're, you're my friend, right? You said you cared about me, right? You said you love me, right? So, you see that I'm dealing with this emotionally. You see, I'm dealing with this physically. You see, I'm dealing with this spiritually. So if you are what you say you are to me, let me dump all my baggage on you. You see, that's not fair. And then we have the audacity when obviously when you dump baggage on somebody else's baggage, they can't handle it. Then we have the audacity to get mad at them. And then we'll sit and now we're back at square one. We're still victims. You see the danger of this of this mentality? It's almost like a snowball. And so if this is you today, you know, you need to start looking at, at where you are right now. Look at where you are physically. I mean, if, if this is you where you're just constantly, man, I got nothing, right? I got no energy. I can't do anything. You know, all this is happening on top of all this. I just don't have it. You might be falling victim to this. Even emotionally, just like Elijah said, look, I'm done. Lord, please, that Lord, he said this, he said he requested himself that he should die. It almost seemed like depression was setting in for Elijah. And after he said that he should die, he said, Lord, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. Then ultimately, he said, Lord, just take my life. Unfortunately, even with even with our brethren, it, it gets to that point for our brethren sometimes. Sometimes I feel like, Lord, I just don't have it in me anymore. I mean, I just, I don't have it. And so 
notice not only does this victim and self-pity attitude, not only does it affect us physically, it also affects us emotionally and it almost affects us. It all, it, it affects us uh, spiritually as well. Because notice Elijah essentially at the end where he said in verse number four, I'm not better than my father's. He said, I failed. And this is kind of ironic. We're doing this after a podcast talking about my failures, but I think it's necessary to show you guys the process that, that's, uh, that we need to work through together. And so he says, look, I'm not better than my father's. You know, sometimes you can look at, you know, your life, you can look at your home situation. You know, you can look at, you know, your work situation, whatever situation you want to look at. And sometimes you can feel like even among your own family, even among brethren, even among your circle of friends, right, that you see physically and friends, you know, that you have, you know, around the globe. And you can see everybody in your mind. You can see them succeeding. You can see them doing well. You can see life seeming to line up for them. Doesn't mean that they don't have their problems, but it it almost seems like, you know, in terms of where you're at in life and where someone else is at in life, sometimes you feel like, man, I failed or I've done something to not, I'm not better. So Elijah said, I'm not better than my father's. Sometimes we might not admit that, you know, verbally, but, you know, here's the, and again, like we talk about the dangers of social media, you know, you slide on Instagram, you slide on Facebook and you see all these things happening. And yes, you rejoice with your friends. But again, you can, again, if you're already physically drained, if you're already emotionally drained, and then you sit there for two, three hours scrolling on Facebook, seeing what everybody else is doing, then no wonder in your mind, you'll say, man, I'm no, instead of saying my father's, you might not, you might be saying, well, I'm not, I'm not better than them. I I just, I'm not, I'm not them. And so do you see how this victim mindset can just be an almost kind of it almost kind of bear hugs you to where all of this just kind of works together to kind of put you in this dark pit. And all this does, it causes stagnation and it causes, um, I mean, just, it's like a stalemate in life. You just have no drive. You have no ambition anymore. You have no energy anymore. You have no goals anymore. You have no, umph about your life anymore and i understand that 100 percent. i've been there too and sometimes you need some things to happen to kind of reignite that drive to reignite that ambition let something drive you let something fuel you to be better take take what hap take what has happened and use that as fuel let that drive you and so notice elijah here saying look i'm done but now as, as we look at this, here's how we know that Elijah thought spiritually that he was hurt. Because in verse 10, he said, I'm the only one left, right? I'm the only faithful one left, right? It's just, it's just me. Here's, and again, here's what the author mentions. And I think this is very important. Whenever you and I say, you know, whether it's locally, whether it's what you see online, whether what you see when you go visit people, no matter what it is, when you have it, when you and I have that mindset of I'm the only one, sometimes what that can do, it's 
it's a threefold it's a threefold beast and here's what that phrase you know it's just me here's what's really behind that sometimes when you say that when i say that number one that's it it's very prideful because there are some things that you just you just don't know and you can't see number number two not only is it prideful but it also shows you know disbelief in what god can do and then number three it shows ignorance because you can only you and i can only see what's in front of us you know we can't see what's behind closed doors we can't see what's in the future we can't see what's behind us we can't do that you know we can only see what's here and here's one tip that i've learned um i saw a video yesterday i mentioned him before Giannis, you know a player that plays for the bucks he mentioned this this was this was great when he talked about this he was in the nba finals and they were up right so they're winning and you know i think they're up 2-1 right they've got two more games to win and, and a reporter asked him you know you guys are so close you know are you feeling happy about it and he said this is what i think his mom he said this is what my mom taught me she said when you look too much in the past right that's that's pride well look what i used look what we did look what i used to be look what i've already accomplished look what i did in the past look how great i was look how so that's pride when you just stick too much in the past but then when you look too much in the future well we are going to do this well we will accomplish well i will get this there's nothing wrong with having confidence but also it shows ignorance because you're not there in the future yet. But no matter what's happening, when, you, when you're in the moment, and instead of looking in the past, and instead of looking in the future, whether things are going great in the moment or things are very bad in the moment, you stay there. You don't think about how things used to be. You don't think about the good times. You don't think about what happened in the past. You don't think about what you could have been in the future. You don't think about... You know, you don't think about what, you know, what ifs, you know, because, you know, when you bring up what if that opens up a whole multiverse of stuff. Well, if I would have done this, if I would have said this, if I would have been there, if I would have done this, if I would have said then that opens a whole multiverse of stuff and you're just going to sink deeper into that hole. But what what staying in the moment does. Staying in the moment is is humility. Because you don't know the future, but you do understand your past. So when you stay in the moment, you're present. So now this is why that that phrase of I'm the only one, that's why it shows pride. It shows unbelief and it, it really shows your ignorance and my ignorance. And if I've said that plenty of times too, but sometimes we got to put ourselves in check to get us out of this victim mindset. And sometimes you won't even catch yourself when you're in it. But but as you as you read this and, and look at this, you're like, man, that that might be me. Right. That might be me. So here's the question. So maybe maybe today. Maybe you've fallen victim, maybe physically, you really just don't have the energy to do stuff. Right. You might be, you know, zipping and running around throughout the day. But then kind of when things slow down, you just you lose it. You know, you don't have drive. You don't have I mean, you just don't have it. Then maybe then it hits you emotionally. And then, and then, and then spiritually. 
So the question that's natural becomes, okay, so how do we kind of what's the cure to get out of this mindset, right? So here, here's a couple things that the, that the text teaches. So number one, the first thing that we need to do is notice what, what God did for Elijah. He understood this. So before we can get into this, notice the first thing he did. Verse number, uh, verse number five. And as he lay, what did he do? The Bible says that he slept. Sometimes what you got to do in order to take care of yourself physically, sometimes you got to stop ripping and running everywhere and doing and being and trying to be Superman and Superwoman for everybody. And what you need to do, you need to take some time and maybe you just need to sleep. Because sometimes what we can find ourselves doing is just going around and doing everything for everybody. And then what we do, we feel guilty when we don't do that. And then people start calling, how come we're not doing this? How come this? How come this? How come this? Then you just pick up everything and just do it. Well, sometimes what you need to do is sometimes you might not even have to explain it to other people. Hey, man, I can't make it. I need to rest for a little bit. Lay down and he slept under that tree. And then after he slept, then the angel touched him and said, now, remember, this is talking about how he cured himself. So in order to get get out of this, this physical thing he was in, Elijah had to get some sleep. Then after he got some sleep, then the text says that the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. So then notice he started in order to do the Lord's work. God helped to rebuild Elijah. So he said, look, first of all, get some sleep. Then after he got some sleep, then notice he didn't say just stay and just rest. He said, after you get the right amount of sleep, he said, you need to get up. This is why we entitled this. Look, stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. There's a, there's a time, and I'm not saying we shouldn't feel certain things that have happened to us, but after, you know, after you, you know, you've had your slumber and had your sleep, it's time to get up, Right. It's time to stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's it's time to stop being the victim and you got to get up. You got to get up. And then after you got up, then what did God provide? He said, get something to eat, man. Verse six, he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he ate and he drank. And then after that, what did he do? He laid down again, get the proper rest. In order to do the Lord's work, in order to be a, a great father, in order to be a great mother, in order to be a great boyfriend, in order to be a great girlfriend, in order to be a great son, a great daughter, you got to take care of yourself so you can do the things you need to do for other people. Get some sleep. Get something to eat. Rest again. Then verse 7, then notice what the angel said. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat because the journey is too great for you. See, the thing that the Lord has for us, it's a great journey that he's taking us on and we're all trying to get to heaven. And and sometimes when we strive, when we believe, when we hope, when we work, when we take care of people, when we help people, when we love people, this text proves that the Christian walk, when you, when you work, work takes things out of you 
it takes it takes a lot out of you when you work. And so when you work, you have to learn to take care of yourself. Because the journey's too great. You can't just sit here and, and do all this stuff on your own. You're gonna kill yourself. That's that's even what, what Jethro in Exodus, that's what he told Moses. All these people came to Moses for judgment, and Moses was judging all these people one by one, and his father-in-law said, Look, Moses, if you keep doing this, man, you're gonna kill yourself. Said so what you need to do, you need to get some capable men to help you out and learn to delegate. So in order to be the type of person and that you need to be for someone else, you need to get some rest. And then verse eight, he arose and he ate and drank and went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. That food strengthened him for that journey that he needed. So the cure for self-pity, number one, learn to take care of yourself physically. You see yourself physically down, learn to take care of yourself. Right. So that's kind of a prereq. But here's the first the first real step here when we talk about self-pity. Number one. Learn to look to the Lord. So notice who provided all that for Elijah. The angel did, but the angel was a messenger from God. So when we feel self-pity. What we tend to do. Right. And I, I put we in there. What we tend to do is to look for everybody else's self-pity for us. So when you're physically hurting, emotionally, right, spiritually, you know, you're kind of in this hole to yourself. What you want and what you think cures it is, oh, baby, it's going to be okay. You, you know, you get everybody else kind of coddling you and holding your back. And I'm not saying that's not important, but that's all we look for. Right. There's a time like like Ecclesiastes three says, there's a time for that. Right. There's a time to be comforted that way. But but what we tend to do is we tend to make that time last a long time. So then when we don't get that from people. Then the victim mentality comes out. Well, nobody really cares. Nobody's giving me time. Nobody's checking up on me. Nobody's. Well, the cure for it. Is look to the Lord. Elijah looked to God when he felt this way. He started looking to him. And so we know that because in verse number uh, verse number nine, the Bible says, when he came to the cave and when he lodged there, behold, the word of God came to him. And he said, what doest thou here, Elijah? So Elijah began to look for God. Now, what, what was he saying before in verse four? He was saying, Lord, take my life. But after he gets the proper rest and gets himself and his and his mind right, after he gets his mind and his physical right, now he goes searching for God. Now he goes searching and goes looking for God again. So the cure for self-pity, yes, there's a time and a place for your friends to encourage you. There's a time and a place for you for people to call you. There's a time and a place for people to to do all those things for you. But what you need to do is after you get that from people, actually, first of all, those people need to start guiding you to God. Let me be, and just be honest and be real with you. Those people that you go to when you do feel hurt emotionally, physically, and spiritually, yeah, they'll pray for you. They'll hug you. They'll spend time with you. But those that are real and those that really love you, hey, man, when's the last time you prayed? Hey, hey, when's the last time um, you, read your, you read your Bible? When was the last time you were in a, in a worship service? 
what we need to do is instead of just saying, hey, I'll pray for you. Hey, call me right now and we'll pray on the phone. Hey, we'll go study together. Hey, we'll go read together. Hey, we need to go to this class together. Hey, we need to, we need to, we'll, we'll pray together. Why don't, why don't we do that? Because you know what? It takes effort to do that with people. And so we got to give effort for that, right? So we got to look to the Lord. Then number two, not only do we have to look to him, but then number two, in order to cure self-pity, we got to talk to him. So now God's talking to him and he says, Lord, and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Then verse 10, this is what Elijah says. I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down the altars and slain the prophets with the sword and i even i only am left and they seek my life to take it away so now after you got your mind right and your physical right then you talk then you uh look to the lord then guess what all those issues all those problems all those tears that you just cried that got you to that emotional to that to that physical and to that spiritual low all those things, just bottle that up and bring that to God and, and, and talk to him about it. Because God asked Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah, Elijah just spilled. Lord, I'm, I'm the only one left. Lord, they're, they're killing prophets left and right. You're, everybody else has forsaken you. Lord, they took down the altars. They've forgotten the covenants. See, what, what we need to start doing is again, yes, it's a it's a great thing to have a friend to talk to, but I am a firm advocate. After you talk to your friend, spend triple time that you talk to them talking to God about it. Triple the time. And if they're real friends, the real ones need to say, hey, well, after you talk to me, you need to talk to him about that. You need to start, you need to talk to God about that. He, I mean, Elijah spilled. And there was an instance even with Hezekiah when Hezekiah and Judah was surrounded, right, by, um, you know, they were surrounded by the Amorites, I believe, right, almost in an impossible situation. Hezekiah took those letters, those those vicious letters that they got. Hezekiah took it to the altar, and he said he laid every letter that they got before the altar to God. Lord, I don't know what to do. <laughs> sometimes, Sometimes what you need, and this is just just me personally. Sometimes you need a spot, okay? And when things happen in your life, you need to revert back to that spot. And that spot is just yours and God's. For me, that is my porch on my apartment. Sometimes I'll sit out there with a little bonfire. Sometimes I'll have lights out there. Sometimes I'll have nothing. Sometimes I have a chair and I'll just sit out there. And sometimes you just need a spot where that spot is reserved for you and him lord i mean i mean this happened today i mean this this is going on today i mean this happened that happened they said this i mean this is just this is what it is what do, what do you think i should do kind of have your bible out there i mean you need a spot and elijah elijah went to the cave no one else was in there and god is just him and god and he spilled he said, God, this is, I don't, this is, this is, this is happening. Right? So then he's talking to him. And all these things are happening. And so I want you to notice verse number 12. So 
after he talks to to God, here's the third thing. So not only in order to cure this self-pity, not only do we have to look to him, but we got to talk to him. But then number three, here's the third step. Then after we get done talking, we got to set our behinds down and do some listening. See, here's the problem. We listen to the wrong people. And I can't tell you how many, even of my Christian friends, have gone to the wrong people and got the wrong advice. But, you know, when when everybody else is gassing and hyping you up that you made the right decision, there's nothing anybody else can say. So you just got to let it happen. But then notice this. He listened to the Lord, number, number three. So watch verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in that fire. After the fire came, there came a small, still voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and he went out and he stood in the entering of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah mentioned everything that happened again in verse 14 and notice now God starts talking. Verse 15, then the Lord said, go and return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Ahimelah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass, verse 17, that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elijah slay. Then verse 18, and also Elijah, I have left 7,000. 7,000, right? Think about that. The whole time Elijah said, it's a wrap. It's over. It's curtains. But he says, and here's the last thing I got to tell you, Elijah, before you go. Everybody that you said that has disobeyed the covenant, I understand that I've had a lot leave. But there's 7,000 more that you have no idea that they exist. All the knees which have bowed unto Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. So there's 7,000 more of you out there. So go and do what I have to say. Listen. We have to sit here and listen to God. Well, how does God talk today? God's not going to speak in a small, still voice. God's going to talk by, by you and I being in the word of God. But how can we say that we're really listening to God if I'm not in service? How can I say that I'm not, that I'm listening to God if I'm not in my own study? So, so who's in control in your life then? You are. So you got to sit and listen, listen to God. See what we'll do, what we'll do. We'll follow this process. We'll look to God. We'll pray. That's what everybody will do. Everybody will pray. Everybody will talk to him. But then what we'll do is we'll get advice from everybody else and just go off everybody else's advice. See, that's where we that's where we mess up. See, this third process is so important because after we've done all the talking, we got to sit and do some listening. But do some listening, not with your friends, not with the people you you do this with and that with what you need to do is sit and listen to God. Then after you listen to him, then you can go. And you can do what he wants you to do. 
But again, this is a process that's different for everybody because when you're getting gassed up that you're doing the right things by your friends, when you're getting, oh, you're this and you're that, no one's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. But again, this process is laid out. It's laid out right here. Now watch this. Here's the last part. Not only to cure self-pity, not only do I have to look to God, two, not only do I have to talk to him, Three, not only do I have to listen to him, but number four, the Lord provides friendship. This is insane, y'all. This is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. The Lord provides friendship, guys. This is crazy. So think about this. Verse number four. What was Elijah's Elijah's original complaint? I'm the only one left. That was his that was his original complaint, right? I'm the only one left. But watch how watch how the Lord works here, guys. So after you've done everything I needed you to do, watch verse 19. So Elijah left. So that shows that he did what God wanted him to do, right? So he departed. And after he left, who did he find? He found Elisha, the son of Shaphat who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he with the 12 and Elijah passed by and cast his mantle on him. Verse 20. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah. And he said, let me, I pray thee kiss my father and my mother and I will go with you. And he said, go back again. What have I done to thee? And so verse 21, so he returned back from him. He took his oxen, he slew them. He boiled their flesh with the instruments of oxen and gave unto the people and they ate. And then, then he arose and he went after Elijah. And notice how the text ends, guys. This is insane. He arose, he went after Elijah. But notice how does the text end? And he ministered unto him. So the thing that Elijah was looking for from the jump. He got it at the end. Well, how did he get that? Because Elijah didn't sit here and wait for it to happen. Elijah didn't sit here and try to go out and find it. Elijah didn't sit here and do what he thought was best. What Elijah did, God told him, stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. If he didn't do, if Elijah didn't get himself right physically, if he didn't get himself right emotionally and spiritually, how would Elisha have known to find it? And why, why would Elisha have wanted to follow a man that's broken? Real quick. Guys, let me just give you a quick uh, tip here. This is why as males, and th this applies to our ladies as well, but specifically for the guys, this is why you can't sit here and just feel sorry for yourself and wait for stuff to happen. When things happen, you need to keep your confidence, you need to keep your drive, and you need to keep your ambition. And so... When you feel yourself 
with this victim mindset that nobody's here for you, nobody cares, nobody. So I'm not saying you don't feel that. Feel that for however long you need to feel it. But then you need to get up and get yourself right physically. Get yourself some sleep. Start eating right. Right. Start working out. Start doing all that stuff, right? Then get yourself right emotionally, right? Get your confidence back. Get your ambition back. Get your goals back. Get your drive back. Don't let anybody take that from you. Then after you get yourself right emotionally, then get yourself right spiritually. Lord, what do you want me to do from this point? Because this is why we need to get ourselves right this way. Because Elisha followed Elijah because he was confident in what the Lord told him to do. So a young lady is not going to follow you if you're not confident in what God has told you to do. So this is why, guys, if you're single, stop sitting here feeling sorry for yourself that nobody's walked in. Stop feeling sorry for yourself that nobody cares. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get yourself right physically. Get yourself right spiritually. Get yourself right emotionally so someone will want to be with you rather than you go trying to go everywhere and find them. God provided that for Elijah. And don't you think God will provide that for you? Keep that drive. Keep that ambition. Keep those goals and and go get it. You know, I was at a point in my life, as we close, I was at a point in my life a a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I was kind of in this mode. And I remember a conversation I had with my parents. And I remember what I looked like physically. You know, I, you know, if you're watching the, uh, the video portion now I have a beard you know I've got it cut and stuff but back then I just grew it I mean it was everywhere it was you know patchy I didn't really line it up it was just I didn't care how I looked so I was like I'm not I'm not trying to impress anybody anyway so I was like you know what it just doesn't matter you know and so you know I was that way physically like I didn't have any drive my ambition was gone you know I didn't have any goals you know I was just kind of existing And, you know, when that conversation with my parents, like, hey, man, you got to get up. You know, you got to you got to start getting up and doing some stuff for yourself. And I thank them for that because they they helped me to do that. So now I can help other people. And as we close, here's here's what we got to start doing, guys. Again, let me preface by saying. I'm not saying you should have this attitude where you're not going to let anybody help you. You're not going to let anybody get close to you. You're not going to you're always just going to have your walls built up. That's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying you can't, the stuff that you need to do for yourself, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it is not fair for you to dump that on somebody else to fix it for you. That's not fair. It is 100% not fair. You need to be able to develop those things so that you can help somebody else. So the victim mindset, when when you really boil it down, the victim mindset comes because you're disappointed that somebody didn't give you something that you need to give yourself. If that's you and I've I had to you know I had to learn that too. So if that's you, I'll be the one to tell you what was told to me. Hey, look, you got to get up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. Okay? Nobody's going to tell you. I'll try to be the best true friend I can be to you. Hey, get up, man. Get up, girl. You know, you got to get up. Like, I don't know about you, but like when, like, I'm just tired. Aren't you tired of feeling like 
sorry for yourself. You tired of feeling, you know, this self pity. I'm done with that. Lord willing today, I'm done. Like it's time to start getting back right physically. You know, it's time to start getting back right emotionally. It's time to start getting back right spiritually. Keep your drive, keep your ambition, keep your goals. and Let's go after it. So that when you do go after it, then the friends that come around, whether that develops into, into, you know, you know, a better relationship after that, then they will want to follow you because you have these things. So let's get out of this victim mindset today and let's get up and let's stop feeling sorry for ourselves and let's go get after it. That was crazy, right? I'm a, oh, I'm telling you, when I was looking at this, I was like, how have I never seen this? I've never seen it that way before. Obviously, I've heard that text. I've read that text. But when you slow down and when you look at these words and when you really look at what these men and women in Scripture went through, they're just like us. They are just like us. And if Elijah can get through that and in 1 Kings 19, you and I can get through that too. Man, oh, it's just kind of it's overwhelming sometimes, you know. But I don't know about you, but I have like a newfound confidence now, um, you know, as you look at this, because you want to be the best possible person you can be for God, for yourself, and obviously for the other people that come into your life, right? You want to be the absolute best that you can be for them. So I hope that this was able to encourage you today. Um, It's definitely encouraged me. Again, if you want to support the podcast monetarily, we would love for you to do that. Just visit www.anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support and you can support there and we're just we're just beyond thankful for everything that you guys have done for us up to this point and we hope to keep growing with you guys and lord willing uh we will see you on monday yes before thanksgiving right we'll see you on monday for uh another podcast and uh we can't wait to start doing that on monday so thank you guys so much and we'll see you guys then thanks guys